podcast, Digitally the Talk Talks, and my name is Saku Tihverainen. Today, I have the privilege to talk to Felix, the head of DevOps at Sealy. Great to have you on board. Thanks, thanks. Great, great that you asked. No, definitely, definitely. Your perspective is 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 one of one of the. Uh, the ones that I've been very much looking forward to, to hearing. Um, our agenda is to start off with um, the topic of leading organizations and, and teams in an agile fashion. Um, you've founded pretty much a solid career uh, doing this um, in the field, uh, you know, leadership in IT in, in, in various forms, you know. Uh, what took you to work in this role uh, and, uh, and, and, and take care of these themes in organizations? Um, well, I've been programming since I was 10, uh, and that, that's like my childhood dream, and, and that, was, that was how it started. So I, I've been like hands-on professionally for, for about eight years, uh, like producing code, uh, turning caffeine into code. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, and that's that, that's the beginning, but at some point there was the uh, when I had been been around a couple companies and and been a consultant, so seen seen a lot of projects, uh, and sort of the, there was the feeling that I'm I'm repeating the same thing, and I don't know why, and and I started looking for the answer of of well, who who decided that we should be doing this. Why are we doing this and and all that? So it was for me. It wasn't a condition where I could sort of happily retire from from that <laughs> the unknown unknowns and and yeah, I, I that that's where I I got a good chance to to move move a bit. Uh, so my professional strategy is being a the best driftwood I can be. So so this was I'm telling it as a story, but it, it's it's all somewhat random but but i i got the good chance to to actually start as a scrum master doing it as full time taking care of one team um and there i started finally seeing that that there's there's some some great great days to be had a uh, great fun to be had while while doing the technical stuff for for the teams uh when the the stuff that we're doing is is making sense, so I, I think it's like a a quest for sense making uh, would be the uh, too long didn't read answer. Yeah, it it makes sense to me. Um, thinking about kind of like uh, your experience, kind of like uh, you know working working as uh, as a scrum master, and uh, and then kind of like uh, moving moving forward. Uh, be that then conscious decisions or, or not, but uh, what way are sort of a kind of general um, kind of like a perspectives that you took or, or, or kind of like a takeaways from from the, the days of working as a scrum master? What what was important in that in that role? Uh, well, it, it's it's really that that uh, that yeah, it's all about people uh, and interactions. So, so it, it's um, having all the discussions to to really create a common understanding, and that that's like um, a theme that that 
does repeat in all all those uh, leadership positions. So, so there's nothing if if we don't have communication. Yeah. And uh, in that that regard, uh, that's one one of the takeaways from my career as a scrum master was that that well, okay, I'm I'm not an introvert, uh, and I'm I'm not fitting the bill of of a or the the stereo i'm not feeding the stereo i'm the feeding the stereotypic of a a uh programmer or a nerd in that that way uh though i i'm a huge nerd uh sort of all, always curious but um I, I think that's that's like the one superpower that i've been using uh for for this whole time is that i understand technology i want to keep updated on technology i i probably can't produce well i know for sure that i don't produce as good code as as many of the brilliant people in my career i've been okay in it one of my kernel driver was was uh said to be beautiful uh so so that that was a great compliment uh but that that's like a life ago uh, and um so so the, the takeaway is that that the uh, human skills and the communication that that's important and another uh, takeaway from the scrum master time would be uh, that it does make sense for someone to to be hands off uh, most of the time so so that's like one if if thinking about anti-patterns on yeah. in uh, the common uh, things in agility is that that the the person who has the scrum master hat or has the agile coach hat or whatever it's called this time uh they are sort of 20 percent in the role and and that that's hurtful because somebody <laughs> needs to be taking the the role of of actually coordinating and i don't mean it as a sort of uh filling up the gun charts but but like finding the people my people should be talking to and and that that's like even as a a developer uh that was a a thing that i i used to do the adidas networking at the office and i'd i'd find the people uh, and sort of get get to know people socially yeah. and then when i knew that okay that that person is responsible for that so then then i'd take the uh the specialists in my team uh to meet that person so so that's that's one one thing and and meet in person uh that's that's like uh yeah the social glue yeah yeah it makes sense very much so so from scrum master to 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 head of head of devops what's the what are the differences what are the similarities in those well um there's no difference uh or well yes yes there is i think it it's the 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 more pompous title of of head of something yeah. uh does of <laughs> course have have uh responsibility and impact yeah. so that that's that's what dif- what's different but the scrum or devops that's somewhat insignificant because that that's like agile has been seen as like having new titles and roles yeah. 
and there's there's like there, there's lean and then there's agile and then there's now devops and then there's uh this and that ops and and everything seems to be like from a certain angle uh a sort of a from a certain angle a uh interpretation of what was done at Toyota in the 60s 70s yeah. so so i think that um many of there's always these these arguments that this and that is dead dead and now uh now long live this other thing or <laughs> uh or so so there there's like uh one of the signatories of the uh agile manifesto mm. did did post famously that agile manifesto is dead or something or agile is dead because of consultants and so on but i, I think the, <laughs> you can the always previous, blame the consultants can't you <laughs> well, well i do i'm a consultant and i blame consultants because there, there's the Uh, and that's the the way uh way leadership and and the sort of the change and the transformation is done yeah. it's like that that it's a it's a this week uh on tuesday at three o'clock will become agile yeah yeah and that that's uh never happened uh anywhere for real but always claim to have happened like we, we've been agile since since january yeah oh yeah. great what does that mean we did the certificates now we're agile <laughs> yeah yeah two days sitting on a course and and this is funny because i'm, I'm all, also doing training courses and that that's the part of it is that that the the investment into training now It ha before COVID, it was the two-day course. Yeah, that was the the gold standard of of pay us money, we'll get your people certified, and then then you can claim that you you are agile, lean, and and golden. Mm -hmm. And now uh, I think it, it's gone. Uh, sort of it, it, the the one-hour webinar is a bit too long, hmm. and I think you can leave a remaining thing by but like yeah sometimes the the life shifting event might be one sentence that somebody exactly so so that it's possible that that you'll you'll make things better with with an webinar that's that's 45 minutes long um or a podcast like this which is uh something like that uh but but yeah the one one thing that come goes into the uh The principles of lean and agile, and and that is the the respect for people. Yeah. And one really disrespectful thing is to assume that people learn really, really quickly. And and forming a habit is like sixty to ninety days. Yeah. And you're you're changing an entire working culture. Uh, and I, I think like five years is 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 good uh that that's like really well done yeah uh, and i i don't remember who was quoted but but some someone said that that they've seen seen a company change once and it took 22 years yeah exactly uh, the the first thing when i read some years ago uh the agile manifesto and and before that i had been you know 
you know, hearing people that was before my IT IT recruitment days, and uh, and I had you know heard people talk about okay, Scrum and Agile and etc. And, and my sort of uh, <clears throat> implicit thinking was that oh, I don't know much about this these things. I need to you know learn about them. And then I was kind of like reading that manifesto, and I was really thinking to myself that. Oh, we are actually talking about a sort of a frame of mind, and 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 since then I've had this, if you like, um, a, a bit of a a detest towards the idea that you can do and sort of an, an, an agile uh, cert- certificate when the key element is at the end of the day kind of like when it comes to the actual manifesto kind of like it, it is to actually start making changes according to the people and uh, and operating with a different sort of a you know principle if you like in comparison to 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 some you know this is the way it's always been done it's kind of continuous change and etc you know so so it's kind of like yeah. it's for me it's it's really hard to kind of like uh to approach the whole topic without the idea that do we, you know, it's kind of like, do we make changes or not? You know, it's kind of like mm. that. But anyway, that's just me, me randomly thinking here, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I do agree that, that there's like, if you, if you read the manifesto and, and I, I'd say that it hasn't aged as well as, as you, well, yeah. Hmm. If you read the manifesto and and it's like all solid thinking, and even that is is something from twenty years ago. Yeah, very true. So so there's there's been things happening. So yeah. uh, so the and I I think the the sort of the values of of people people over process and and that stuff that that's that's still valid. But there's there's the the other page, the principles, yeah. the page that nobody ever looks at. And there's the, for example, the first first principle is uh, it states continuous delivery yeah. of value to the customer. Mm. So continuous delivery is is something that has been then ten years later uh, defined in a book uh, titled "Continuous De- Delivery." Mm. Uh, surprise, surprise, yeah. and that, that's a really good book. Uh, and even after that, there has been changes, and and some of the things referred to in that. So the world is changing around uh, the manifesto. Yeah. But then, then there's the like the manifesto, the the four four statements. Those are good, uh, and they age well. So there, there's always the sort of immovable principles until something better comes along. Uh, so, so that you 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 could actually print it on stone tablets and <laughs> and have it sort of that that you you haven't wasted the rock, uh, and, and then there's the the sort of the the better principles that that when when you chop down a forest to to actually write the book about it, the the trees will have grown back when when the the content is ob- obsolete. <laughs> And then there's all these uh, the talk about the tools, and that's that's completely beside the point. There, there's the yeah. So so what drove me originally from from 
the developer path to a scrum master yeah. was was that why are we doing this yeah. and and then there are a lot of uh, principles and and that that's a uh, when when the best we know about making software or making products that's i think that's even the the wi- wider term where where the there, there's all sorts of business agility and and enterprise lean and and we are looking for what what the bigger context of of the ch- same change would be next yeah. so that that's that's good progress and and we we need to for example uh when we have the uh, mobile app and and we have a physical product to go with it, uh, that's something where where you you have to think about when that when when you're sort of well, let's say net banking when you when you have the little thing where you really need to you, you need to get your bar of gold from the vault. Mm. That needs to be seamless. That you sort of take your phone and and lift your eyes, and, and you're in the place where you need to be to do that transaction, where you still need the physical world. And that needs to be so that that the sort of what what has been stated on the screen continues where you left off with a real person who who uh, helps you. Yeah. So the, the it's it's the customer's path that you're optimizing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so coming back to why DevOps is not different from Agile is that uh, it's it's the it's the DevOps is practically the uh, the the plug at the bottom of your your bathtub. So you're you're like collecting things that that you'll eventually flush down to your customer. Well, okay, I, I think that that fails a bit as a as a metaphor there, but but practically you're you're collecting uh things to be eventually delivered to the customer. Yeah. And and we know that you don't have to. Since since the original idea is to maximize the flow of value through your organization from identifying the customer need to fulfilling that need making it as effortless as cost effective yeah. and as as pleasant as it can be so so i i think devops is like like the sort of uh yeah scratching the end stop of of where where the process used to to end and that that's uh Sutherland, the other uh, writers of the Scrum book, mm. uh, did say that if you had done Scrum all the way, you wouldn't have to be talking about DevOps because the when you inspect and adapt on the goal of delivering value to a customer yeah. more efficiently, you will eventually notice that, hey, it does make sense to automate things. Yeah. Yeah. And... The other principle in the lean, which would be respect for people, mm. that if if you work from that angle, you you have the same result. So so in order to to reduce the the mental pain that it it is to do the daily work, yeah. uh, 
uh, you'll end up automating all that which which doesn't require a human brain and it's dull and boring and and error prone. Very good. I like I like the metaphor. I like the metaphor. The bathtub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, it, you know, for yeah, a, yeah. for a very stubborn head like mine, you know, it's kind of like yeah, makes yeah. it makes it very I, I concrete. Yeah, I think the it, it's it's not functional as the sort of uh, the uh, respecting the customer pr- principle, but but yeah, yeah, I guess yes that and and the other other thing which I think is a proponent uh, argument yeah. to to agile, where sort of I think some something think that it's uh, sort of being efficient and all that and and that's the the statement getting shit done <laughs> but i always hear it as a quality statement that that we'll we'll just mm. flush the the stuff to the customers and let them test if if they like it hmm. i don't know if that's productive it's a, that's a good question I, I think there are different interpretations to it. You know, it's 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 always you know, I read that as a bit of a statement that, you know, you know, get it done, you know, by whatever course. But uh, you know, will the quality be quite the same? You know, well, I think it's a yeah, it makes sense. Hey, what's your view? Thinking about these these topics, um, you know, uh, does DevOps and Agile fit to? Large organizations. How do you view that? View that? It has to. Uh, there, there's, um, for example, uh, the the how how queues are are handled. That that's like that that's a mathematical law. Yeah. So, so that that's like like there is a an objectively best way to manage queues. Mm-hmm. And there are so many ways of working that no don't acknowledge the mathematics behind it. So there has to be something better. I'm I'm uh, intrigued. What's what's the p- perfect way? Uh, well, there's there's Little's law, which, uh, well, yeah, I'd go to to Wikipedia and look look at Li- okay. Little's law. Sounds good. Uh, and. So, so the, the practical uh, thing is that when you have, let's say, a grocery store, and you, when is the opportune time to uh, to open a new cashier? Yeah. Uh, that is not when you your system is already clogged, but but you, if you have one queue and you you are able to measure the length of that one queue. Then, then you can react, and you you can assign assign people to to uh, the till when when you need to, uh, and that's that's like um, well, yeah, it, it's math, but it's it's kind of intuitive. Yeah, yeah. But then, then the thing is that that we we still have the let's put pressure on the people so we'll we'll get more motion happening and and i i'm specific to use the word motion because that's considered a waste uh in the lean terms so uh there there's two things that you can be effective on uh so there's 
there's uh, there's resource yeah. optimization, yeah. which means that everybody is working at maximum speed at all times. Uh, so that's if if you want if you're producing like things that that are really repeatable and and there's no no variation, then that would be a functioning way of working. But then then there's the other option, which is the flow optimization. Mm. And there, when you have people moving around or producing something uh, that that nobody needs right now, Mm -hmm. you'll get piles of stuff queuing up. And this is the the manufacturing thing. You, You don't see piles of stuff in software. Yeah. Well, you, you, you can see if you're visualizing it, it as a Kanban wall or something like that. Yeah. But but there's other things like, for, for example, uh, recruiting. There's, there is a queue of, of people that you're going to introduce. There's a, and, and that turns into uh, sort of offers and no's and, and interviews and all that. So th- there is some kind of a, queue and and for example if you're you're like uh where's the bottleneck yeah. that's that's always the question and so it, it's natural that all systems have some kinds of queues yeah. and and those are not managed in in any any way that would would really acknowledge the um agility and the other thing is that um on the other hand uh anything that that counts as your product now now we have so far we've we've attempted to uh to solve uh agile for i i think the solution seems to work for for teams mm-hmm. uh but but the larger organizations there's there's i've heard the agile does, doesn't work for us we we've tried it mm. And and it doesn't, uh, yeah. Uh, but but was it agile that you were trying? So yeah. please elaborate. Which is the the point where where you didn't didn't manage to to which is the the principle uh, of, for example, what was it the respect for people that didn't work for you? Yeah. Was it the identifying the customer need? That isn't valid in your uh, job, exactly. Or is it the uh, being fast to deliver on that need? Uh, so that doesn't happen in your industry. Please tell me more. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Did you? Yeah, you know. And did you end up using some, say, method of agile, and then kind of like trying to do that without then kind of like uh, you know thinking, rethinking it all? Per se, you know that's being affected and and whatnot. Yeah, and there there's um, there's many attempts of of uh, scaling scaling the things, and, and I think it it's it's like uh, training wheels. So so for example, uh, Scrum. I, I think there's it's a good starting point when you 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 start on your journey, mm-hmm. and there's. There's, for example, there's a daily meeting to to see if your team is still going towards the goal that you set for one week to one month. Yeah. And, and that, yeah, make, makes sense. Reaching the goal seems to be important. Uh, but there's 
there's all kinds of interpretations of that. Uh, and and the, the thing w- where the scaling fails and, and going beyond the one team yeah. is that oftentimes there's, there's, there's many teams that have never heard why are we supposed to have a retrospective? Yeah, exactly. Or, uh, or anything like that. And, and I think there there are many ways to to solve the problem. So so you don't have to have a daily meeting if you're constantly communicating with your team on a daily basis yeah. and bringing up the subject of reaching the goal yeah. every day. And and that's. I think the reaching the goal is the hard part. That when when you're focusing on the parts of the big product, uh, the the reaching the goal is is not what's your in in your working memory. Mm. And and then then you need so you need to context switch yeah. to actually looking at the bigger picture for a while every day. And that's the yeah. Uh, that's that's what what's what's hard about scrum it's very simple but it's hard to to really do and and that's that's like uh on a team level something and then then there's uh, the why why companies are struggling with it is that how to scale those principles in a way that that would would do the same and and that's the sort of if one team is a complex social structure yeah. then when you add 10 teams it's it's more complex than that and and then there's all sorts of dependencies between teams and and some of those dependencies are are sort of useless and wasteful uh you don't have to have the uh all the people communicating it, it's nice and it it, it Create, creates a group spirit that you have some sort of collective e- events but but having having 10 teams go through their daily yeah. plans is is not that's well yeah if, if they are truly dependent and you can't uh or, or you won't don't want to don't need to uh can't remove the dependencies then then you you manage those in a feasible way for example if you uh in software you have a mobile app yeah. and you have a backend for that app uh and it's a completely different tool set set and both are complex so yeah maybe you have a a client team and a backend team sounds good uh no way you want to get rid of that yeah. because you need both yeah uh so then then you just make it easy for those teams to communicate with each other uh and then there's many ways to do that and and you don't need to introduce any new roles for this or definitely you don't to don't need to uh take a framework from somewhere yeah. and look up what the name of that person should be <laughs> it could be bot yeah. or it could be it could be anything uh so so there's there's the passing the information between teams that that is a real problem and then there's there's the useless passing of of information between teams so bringing autonomy so so that the 
one team that works really well and is able to produce its own own product every day uh, shouldn't be bothered if if there's another team who are producing their own product or or are not producing their their own product um, and that's that's like having having the little autonomous part who who are self-managing hmm. in some way that's hard to make happen um, and and the other thing is that um, the the tiny tiny teams which, which have about six people in them yeah they have a huge benefit of knowing what's the work in process limit mm. so how many things can be we be working on at any given time and and that's uh that's where you see what the bottleneck is and and often it's it's for example the tester yeah so there's one person who is the specialist in the testing Yes, there, there's most likely there's something that the developers uh, could do in terms of quality, and they sure should. Um, but then, uh, anyway, the, the testing might be the bottleneck, yeah. and, and you can alleviate that by, by sharing the, the work, and that, that's fine. But then there's the other thing, that if you are resource-optimizing... Mm -hmm. All the developers are all the time developing something new, yeah. and and that means that the bottleneck of of testing uh, as a well, I hope not a person, but as an activity, will remain the bottleneck, and and there will be a huge queue in there. So so that uh, limit and and sort of that the limit decides that. Nothing new is taken under work until this bottleneck is unclogged, and that's uh, that's hard for for a team to do, but I think it's very essential, and especially when you treat it as a a sort of humane thing. That okay, so when this this thing turns red, when we have too many things in the waiting for testing yeah. queue, it means. That, that there's there's Lisa who is the testing specialist she is going to be really stressed out so it's our responsibility as human beings to to help her out and and that's the thing but then when you when you solve this problem on on the team level and you have have the daily meetings working nicely and and all that then the upper level uh, currently uh, in in organizations with with a heritage yeah. uh, will will have steering groups that are convening every six months or so so when when you have an effective team that produces something uh, every day that is that provides you data of what the customer thinks about that. Yeah. So when when you you have a successful team meeting customer demand every day, it means that it will be five months and twenty nine days until the next ivory tower meeting. So there's there's a queue of feedback that nobody's processing. Of of course, the team can process some 
of its own feedback, that- and it should. But but if the team finds out that your six month strategy is going to or five year strategy yeah. is going into ruins because we made a false assumption about the customer need. Maybe it should be something that the ivory tower will will do. So so the other part, uh, as said, the CD yeah. uh, or the DevOps or delivering continuously to the customer, yeah. that's like one pivotal point of being agile, yeah. really. And the other pivotal point is having the upstream of the work yeah. under a work-in-process limit so that you're not straining teams, you're not planning a backlog for for several years, <laughs> you you can form some sort of a roadmap for yeah. five years yeah. in well we could have done several during this talk, <laughs> so so that's not the problem, yeah. and you can also uh, draw a lot of wireframes. You can you can do do a lot of paper prototypes. You can there's there's many things that scale better than than software. Yeah. And there's there's actually there like if you're thinking thinking in terms of construction, there's also the sort of uh, moving land masses is is faster to plan than to do. Yeah. So so it's uh, yeah, and, and software might be fast uh, hmm. in uh, compared to digging subway tunnels. Yeah. That seems to be a globally. Uh, hard problem, and I think there's there's a lot to learn about digging tunnels and and in in the software domain and and the agile domain as as a sort of having having the other other branches of industry in, on the bandwagon. Yeah, yeah. To me, what you just highlighted, it kind of like rings a bell with kind of like what what I've witnessed over there over the past couple of years that you know there's more and more product owners as so, sort of super coordinators being recruited into companies to to sort of mm. work next to the business team business development team product uh, design team and then kind of like software development teams kind of like perhaps to you know to help overcome that sort of a uh, a gap between the executive team and them and then uh, say scrum teams and uh, and that's kind of like how I it just it just kind of like fits in very well what you just said yeah I think that's that's a good good um, that's good on a topical level hmm. so so there's it's an agile role that shows up in job ads. That's a great achievement on the topical <laughs> level. Then there's the well, what does this product owner do? Yeah. Um, and th- there's, uh, for example, Scrum does say that the product owner is responsible for all the stakeholders, and yeah. and and there is exactly one product owner per exactly one team, yeah. and um, that's that's kind of a bit thin of a. Hmm. definition uh there there's more in the scrum guide but anyways it's it's kind of simplistic and uh and that and then when when you think of the well what does it mean to to be sort of working with all the stakeholders 
if you're doing consumer business, it means that you're you're directly working with a million people. Mm, so that's 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 tough. Uh, and the uh, I think the blueprint of what what a product owner is, uh, at least um, I haven't haven't uh, I don't remember the exact quote, but it was again uh, Sutherland who who said that he he was looking at the Toyota uh, chief engineer as as the the template of what a product owner is. So the the bill of of a chief engineer is that that well a long story short twenty year career within Toyota in technical and other duties and then there's this little uh, requirement exceptional leader and the what what this product owner or the chief engineer is supposed to do yeah. is to produce a new car model without any resources yeah. so. The the blueprint for what a product owner now is is someone who pitches the idea of a new car model to factory managers and somehow uh, magically without budget or anything like that <laughs> makes it happen. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah, there's there's um, yeah, how many product owners are they looking for right now different companies different settings you know be, be it a yeah, but more, more than a hundred people right but yeah thinking thinking it's kind of yeah. big big scale kind of like in finland definitely yeah yeah so so yeah they they all can't be chief engineer no, 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 no. but you know and they are external candidates that they are looking for yeah yeah typically um, yeah. And I'm so and, and you know so they, and, and they, you have to you know there are the different contexts there you know if there's a, say a scale up for example you know looking for a product on it is a different sort of a setting it's more simplistic setting than say in a corporation where they've decided to apply same same principles and you know which comes back to their their pointers that you made about you know the, the large yeah. scale issues and such like yeah and that's um, and I, I think that that it's it's not a fair assumption that that you'd you'd need a hundred toyota chief engineers that that's not what 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 it is i think the real challenge in the product owner role for real is that there's there's three things in uh which are hard so there's there's a technological thing Mm -hmm. and I've seen very good product owners who who outsource the technical stuff to the team efficiently, and there's a, an agreement that you you'll have my back, yeah. won't you? And, and then uh, then there's the the business understanding, and that's like modeling the same thing with a different vocabulary. And then there is the the product design uh, thing. So. So how will it look? Yeah. Uh, how is it to use that thing? And you'll need to have all those perspectives on a level where where you can discuss all of them and and translate the language. Yeah. Uh, so that that's how tough it is. And um, yeah, I'm I'm not seeing seeing that 
depth of thinking in in some of the expectations that are posted for for product owners so so that that might go wrong um mm. in some places yeah yeah in comparison yeah i would i would definitely sort of uh kind of like a you know cut some corners in in terms of you know for me it's kind of like a business orientated you know super coordinator that can engage in meaningful discussions with the different you know yeah. stakeholders as we just discussed yeah and that that's another thing that um when you're scaling your your agile beyond that one team um there are going to be different kinds of roles to be taken yeah. so complex issues that are an entire day job yeah so so that's something that really happens and uh the scaling frameworks introduce some roles and there the the difficulty is that how is this thing for example product owner even how is this different for a project manager mm. and now that we have a pro- project owner um now that we have product owners we don't need product managers and that might not be the case True. there there's um it, it could be that, that that there is a product that's uh that has areas and and there's like you need to understand the law and the law of physics and something like that well th- that could be like a medical industry yeah. so you need have the law of of what's patient security and then you have the laws of physics which might might require you to understand how x-ray works as as waves uh and and then then some other complex things and th- these are too big of a cognitive load for for any human being or it, it isn't a viable uh, recruiting strategy anyway you, <laughs> you'll have a have someone who can't be hit by a bus so so this this person who understands both the law and the x-rays can can never be a patient of this product because it w- will will be in trouble um so so there's there's product management can still be very complex yes. and while it's not modeled or seen as a for example a, a single scrum team doing that it might be that that there is some some uh, lawyer in in the scrum team yeah. if if it's a legally complex thing, um, and if you need the X ray uh, specialist there as well, then well, it might be viable to not have any front end developers in that team because it, it it seems to be difficult enough in 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 terms of not making a full thing. Uh, in terms of not making a full product like end to end in that one one team, so so that's one. So so you can, you should be uh, continuously still thinking that hey, is this product problem? Does it translate into into something that one team can can do and so on? So so that needs sort of deliberate design of what what the organization yeah. is going to look like so that's that's one thing that that's hard then there's the 
yeah, you need the work in a a feasible order and have work in process limits. That that's the second thing, and then you need leadership. So so there's the you need enough of people who are able to create uh, psychological safety in diverse teams. Uh, in the Scrum bill, it would be the Scrum Master. Mm-hmm. In the typical implementation of Scrum, it would be 20% of your time to, to create phys- uh, psychological safety. Um, and then also facilitate all the team meetings and, and all that. So that, that's, that's something. And then there's, there's also the, when the teams who know the work, uh, specialists, yeah. they need to be specialists also in, in sort of how should this work be organized between the teams we need to work mm-hmm. with. So, so then it, it also, the structure needs to be somewhat agile yeah yeah it needs to be sort of a fitting if you like yeah and it's it's like uh agility is like uh um agility as a word uh is is of course we we could say a cheetah uh being the fastest animal on on land would be quite agile uh (laughs) it's very capable of of moving moving around on on uh, level playing fields, yeah. and and if you consider a cheetah without the bone structure, you'll have something with 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 dots, and it it's like the it's not moving anywhere fast anymore. So there there is the the organization needs to be that it has soft tissue and then it has support structures. Yeah. And uh, the agility should be that you form new structures fast as the world around your organization is changing. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> I like that metaphor. You know, it's sort of I was, I was, I was for a moment I was thinking where you where you where you're coming with it, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Superstructure is 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 a good good concrete element. Uh, I'm sort of um, thinking about um, we if if we finish in about ten minutes or so. Uh, um, if I come up with a, a few questions and and then we'll mm-hmm. elaborate a little bit uh, on these themes. But yep. if an organization, you know, you were talking about this these different elements, um, you know, how how fitting the structure is and etc. If if an organization, uh, you know, a leader. Uh, is listening to this talk and is wondering, okay, we haven't been applying these principles and etc., but we want to be doing that in the future. What's the first thing an organization should start taking care of? Besides calling you, of course. <laughs> calling me as a first thing is is really the the bad move because you you need to understand your problem first so there's um there's a couple of uh great visual tools uh there is impact mapping Mm -hmm. uh which is uh like what you try to do and what's the best option to to reach that that's 
That's one, one thing that you can do when you know what you're doing. Then there's value stream mapping, which means that you, you take a visual look at what happens between receiving the information that customer has a need until the fulfillment of that need. And you time it and you, you find out all the steps. So that's that's one one thing, and and this this seems to be um, value stream mapping is really like it's a simple picture, but getting all the people involved to to draw that picture seems to be really really hard, and and get uh, then working on that picture, updating that picture as you get better. That that's that's one uh, thing that you you could do very good so there's like visualize the problem yeah. that's that's one of the first, first understand things. and then visualize yeah. the problem when it's on the wall and you can point at it then then you start uh creating common understanding then there is the mm, start with work in process limits yeah so limit the amount that you can be doing and don't push more stuff into the system than the system can uh, deal with than the system can produce. Yeah, that's it. Uh, that's one. Then I think the the next uh, upcoming up and coming thing is OKRs. I, I'm really much fond of them. Um, so that's a that's the new coming of smart goals. Yeah. So something that's simple, attainable, uh, and and all that. Yeah. So okay, OKRs is is that you t- instead of uh, stating a strategy as as one, two, three bullet points, you name a few ways you're going to measure how you progress towards that. Uh, that's one, and then you have everybody in the team uh, sort of seeing how they can chip in, and. Uh, that means that all the translation that it it will be EBIT does and and things like that uh, in the top level, yeah. uh, and then on the lower level it will be we will be producing this and this kind of software, mm-hmm. uh, and that's okay. But having the having the vertical understanding that when the higher ups say that we need to be more profitable. It means that we are automating some of our work because it's wasting our time. And then there's also the the human values of why to do that. Uh, the human value of, of doing that, which is not having a bad time at work because we can't use our tools. Yeah, exactly. Very good. Um, what are you looking forward to in twenty twenty two? Any any sort of emerging buzzwords or trends that uh, you look forward to contributing to the industry? Or more of the same. In, in 2022, I hope there's a new coming of of uh, leadership training. 
Mm. Elaborate, so please. Now we are just in the great resign. There's uh, 63% of people, or but I don't know the, the numbers, but considering resigning. Yeah. And the key reason for that is that their managers are bad. And their key solution for that problem would be training the managers. Yeah. So uh, a, a retired uh, Navy general uh, in DevOps Enterprise Summit says that there's a lack of deliberate uh, development of leaders. And that was... That is a good statement. Yeah, that that was really uh, like yeah a shock to me because I, I'm I'm like here here that's that's exactly um, that, and and one thing which is also worrying me is that leaders, uh, when asked how are you developing yourself, mm. they they might not answer the question. They, they'll they'll redirect to to something answering beside the point yeah so it's a worry uh that if if you can't honestly answer how are you developing yourself and it is your job to run an organization that's constantly developing so that's what i wish for 22 that is a good Good looking forward to statement. I very much like that. I very much like that. Anything else that we sh- we should uh, add before we finish uh, by me saying many thanks, Ferex? It's been a pleasure. Hmm. I, I think uh, one thing to add uh, is also having good definitions, Mm. working definitions of what does Agile, what does Lean, what does DevOps, what does RevOps, what does DataOps, what does OpsOps mean to you? Very good. Because we are not very good at being specific about what we say when we say Agile. So in other words, um, people use too many of the buzzwords perhaps for the sake of the being buzzwords being able to communicate that hey we are up to date but not necessarily having a true sort of um, implications kind of like understood is that a bit of a too cynical uh, interpretation of what you just said because that's what I've noticed that there's a lot of companies who like to sort of be sort of uh, implying that they are very modern and, and etc sometimes it's it's really just pompous and saying that uh, that we are modern we are more modern than the next guy uh, and that's why you should come work with us that's why you should uh, buy our products but sometimes it's it's really people, believing what they say so we don't need that agile anymore because we have devops now and the alternative would be that that 
DevOps is just one new thing standing on the shoulders of Agile. So we should maybe acknowledge the giants. Yeah. Very true. Any any thoughts what will sort of be coming after DevOps? Or is that a meaningful question after all? After DevOps, it seems that there's developer experience is one yeah. thing. So, so going towards the people. And then there's the business agility, lean enterprise. I don't know what's that that's going to be called. Yeah. But the when we unplug the bathtub, <laughs> uh, we need more. Uh, we need faster ways to decide yeah. on things. Makes sense. I agree. At this point, but at this point, it's my. <laughs> privilege and joy to thank you for joining in and sharing some of you, some of your massive thinking because you know you've really thought this through and uh, and of course you know it's it's an ongoing process so it, it it's sort of a my instant thought at this point is that we need to do this again say in a year's time and then ask I'll, I'll be asking from you what have you learned during this year? Because I, I really love the perspective from you, kind of like, you know, that you are in the middle of thinking about these themes. But uh, that's me just just thinking. Thank you. I'm, I'm flattered. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm on a lifelong journey. So I, I, I can promise to, to learn at least something in the next year. I try every day. So, so maybe I can promise that I've learned a uh, hundred little things and it was really nice coming here and talk to you. And, and I think I've learned a lot by, by simply thinking out loud. Yeah. Reflection, reflection, reflection. It's, it's one of those things if, you know, that I swear by, it's kind of like, you know, being able to just stop and think, you know, what you've been doing and, and et cetera. It just makes a massive difference. With these mm -hmm. words, many thanks. Thank you.